0: You are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Praise the Lord. Today I want to share a few things with us, and um, I'm going to pick up from a particular scripture. Let me just lay the background of the areas I'll be touching now and also in the main service. Some time ago, I was talking in church and I made a statement about how poverty is still a problem in the church. Hallelujah! I made that statement. Um, there are a few folks that have broken out of the mindset or the clutches of poverty, but on the whole, what I mean is, quite a lot of believers have not. There are certain things that the church has learned. When I say the church, let me explain it this way. The church is in different phases or goes through different phases. When I say the church, I'm talking about the body of believers. What I'm trying to communicate is this. There was a time where everybody that was born again maybe assumed that it's when they get to heaven that they can be happy or fulfilled. But on earth it is not possible to be happy or fulfilled. Then the church came to a point where it began to understand that success on earth is possible. And success on earth is part of the package. So, I think generally the church has that mentality. When I say generally, I'm saying that even someone that just got born again today, even if he doesn't fully understand it, mainly he comes into the church, he just has an understanding that he's supposed to be successful. Are you understanding me? Okay, it doesn't have anything to do with how long he has been saved, um, how mature he is in the faith. He might not even be succeeding, but he has a hope Are you understanding me that there's something like that? Okay. So the church had come to a place, that's what I mean by the church entering a phase, where success is acceptable. Um, There's a time, maybe in the body of Christ, where people didn't think that rejoicing or being a happy believer was scriptural. Are you understanding me? The church has come to that phase where they've accepted that ah, salvation, joy is part of the package. But when it comes to the Real core talk on prosperity, wealth. I don't think the church as a whole has come. There are people in the church that have understood it. But the church as a whole. I came to that conclusion because... I see Nigeria as a pivotal part of whatever the move of God is in the world today. Are we together? And so I look at the church in Nigeria. And I can tell there's an understanding of certain things. But personal revelation of prosperity is still very, very shallow. Amen. Amongst believers. That's why when people come up on social media and attack churches or pastors, you see a lot of agreeable believers. Are you understanding me? If the revelation understanding was solid, you won't have much of that. Are we together? You have much of that. There's something um, a man of God said, you know, and uh, let me leave out his name and just talk about what he said. The this was several years ago, many years back. He teaches righteousness, he teaches right standing with God. New Testament, you know. So, that's what he teaches in his church. So one day he invited a guest speaker and the guest speaker couldn't come so she sent another guest speaker that is female. When the guest speaker came, she preached fine. Then she got on a subject and I said, well, Um, even if the person that sent her believes in wearing trousers, she doesn't believe, actually, that wearing trousers is scriptural. You know? And when she said it, the church, people in the church said, yeah, yeah, are you understanding me? So, the pastor said, he didn't say anything. He just said, she will go. When she finishes, she will go. But, it made him understand that that means that the people here have not understood what he was talking about. For them to say, yeah, yeah, are you understanding me? As if, it's just like, this is what they have been waiting for. tell us the thing. That's how believers have behaved concerning prosperity. Amen? When people have come up to criticize wealth and criticize the church, some of them have said, "Hey, hey, now you are talking. For the fact that that's how they're responding, it means they don't understand what it is. And so I conclude that the poverty problem is still a problem in the body of Christ. Because poverty is not the lack of money. See, you, some of you might think I'm talk, it's a cliché. It's not a cliché, it's a statement of fact. Poverty is not the lack of money. Poverty is not the absence of cash. Are you understanding me? No. Poverty is not the absence of cash. Recently, they were interviewing um, um, Aliko Dangote on um, a program hosted by Mo Ibrahim Foundation. And Mo Ibrahim is also someone well known in Africa here. So he was introduced. He was interviewing Aliko Dangote. So he asked him a question. He said, "So, um, in this interview, how much do you have on you now?" He said, he doesn't carry money. He doesn't have any money. I said, that you don't even have $5, you don't even have $10. He said, no, he doesn't carry money. Now, that man is reputed to be the wealthiest man in Africa. Alright? And if you meet him on the road, I can guarantee that everybody in this hall right now might have more cash on them than he has wherever he is right now. Are you understanding me? So it's not how much is in your pockets or even in your accounts that is prosperity. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Okay. Now, that's why a man can go to a place where he doesn't have any cash on him, but he doesn't feel inadequate. Are you understand what I'm saying? Are you understand what I'm saying? A man <coughs> travels to a city. He doesn't live there, but as he enters the place, he's not with money. But there's no fear in his heart that he cannot do anything he wants to do. Are you understanding me? There's no thoughts of any limitation in his mind. Because what prosperity means to him is not the money he sees. It's what he believes. Are you understanding me? It's what he believes. In the same way, prosperity is not the presence of money. Amen. Just as poverty is not the absence of money. That's you can meet somebody and give him a millionaire. You brought him from somewhere. He's hungry. He's, he doesn't even have food to eat. He doesn't have water. He doesn't have where he lives. He doesn't have anything in this life. You just brought him today and said, give him one million naira. And then you say, um, go and keep it in the bank. It's your own. You've not cured his poverty problem. You've only given him money. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You know, people think that if they gave him a million naira, that means he's a millionaire. A millionaire is not someone that has a million naira. No. A millionaire is someone that thinks in millions. Are you understanding me? A millionaire is not someone that has a million naira. So, you see, because of that, they've given the guy a million. You think now he's a rich man. No. He's a poor man with a millionaire. (laughs) Are you understanding me? And then give him some time. He will lose the money. Okay, let's not use the word lose. He will finish the money. That's the language you understand. He will finish the money and remain a poor man. Then you give a billionaire. Take away all his money. And drop him somewhere. He will generate another billion again. Amen. Are you understand what I'm saying? So, I'm trying to use this to explain where I'm going to. Now. You might never really appreciate when the scripture talks about the popular scripture, 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. When the scripture says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper, and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Some translations put it this way, as a prayer. Beloved, I pray above all things that thou mayest prosper, and be in health. See that first part of the statement is not a big deal. The part of the statement that really really counts is when he said even as thy soul prospereth. Even as thy soul prospereth. In essence, that statement he was making. He's saying that the outward prosperity you will experience is a function or is determined by the state of your so let me use that term your mind, amen some believers think this prosperity talk is a quick fix that if you, say, if you just stay in church and confess I am prosperous three times then your, the poverty mindset has been dealt with you don't, know what is. <laughs> you don't know what poverty mindset is you don't know what poverty mindset is you don't know what poverty mindset is someone can live for 80 years in his life and live in poverty mindset for 79. But he had money. Are you understand what I'm saying? But he had money. When I share that experience, or sorry, that story, I know some people don't understand it. About a certain Nigerian house of rep member some administrations ago, and this is our democratic era, that supposedly went to a businessman a known businessman in Nigeria to ask for bribe because they were the house of reps were investigating um, some companies and the welding man's company was one of the companies so he went to his house to tell him uh, if you pay so-so money we would remove your name from the list because they wanted to publish a list of people you know, that were involved I think it had to do with um, Subsidy or something like that. I'm, I'm, I'm not even sure what they were investigating now. Now, all the names are known names. I mentioned the names. They're all known names. Uh, uh, in people in public space. Now, but this House of Rep member is a House of Rep member. He was a contending politician that would have been the governor of his state if not for that scandal. Are you understanding me? I mean? That's how, how prominent he was. Now, they video cameras in the man's house. Later we found out that supposedly it was a setup by the security agencies and you know, all and all that and, all that, and all that. He entered there and they gave him dollars. Now, because he didn't want his driver or anybody in the premises to know he collected money, he removed his... Uh, you know, on as wear a cap with their kaftan the cap, and put the dollars inside and why? Now, that action... <laughs> portrays poverty. Are you understanding me? I've said it many times. I know the people don't understand what I'm saying. I said that action shows how poor he is. If he could do that for this amount of money, it shows you how he thinks. Are you understanding me? It shows you how he thinks. And that's how he gets money. Praise the Lord. Poverty. It's not necessarily expressed most of the time because some of us have learned how to speak Christianese. It's not necessarily expressed by what you are saying. How you think and what you do is what really shows. Maybe one day I'll do a series on seven signs of poverty mindset. Amen. <laughs> maybe I I'll I will do it, a series on that. Maybe it will help you know. So, if these signs be in you, you are poor. <laughs> Amen. You know that kind of that kind of thing. You know. So, so get it, get it. Jesus, um, the scripture actually made a statement, is in Deuteronomy. It said that the poor you will always have in your midst. That's what scripture was said. You always have the poor in your midst. So, let's look at Luke chapter 4. Uh, let's look at Luke 4. We'll look at verse 18. I think 18 will be good. Okay. So, I want to show you something here. Because I want you to understand God's perspective of poverty. The scriptural perspective of poverty. Okay? Are you there? Let's read together. Is it, why are you giving me NKJV? You don't have KJV? Yeah, leave it at that. Let's read together. I want to go. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He had sent me to heal the broken hearted. To preach deliverance to the captives. And recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. Just keep going. I'll come back to 18. 19. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. One more. 20. And he closed the book. And he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fasting on him. Go back to verse 18. So, what I was just showing, he was reading a book. Alright? So, he closed the book or the scroll, whatever. He closed it. So, he was reading something. What he read is, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. If you read further, Jesus was saying that he was talking about himself. Amen? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me. What was he anointed to do? To preach. Everybody said To preach. What is he supposed to preach? The gospel. To who? To who? To who? Now, what does he mean? The poor is talking about uh, the poor. Amen. Amen. Now, God's cure for poverty was not to give money to the poor. Are you listening to me? Hello? Now, are you getting? He said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. When he got to the broken hearted, he said to heal them. So, Adam is a broken hearted needs healing. But the poor needs what? The gospel. Amen. Amen. If you, don't, if you didn't get this one, eh, there's no need continuing. Amen. This scripture is showing you the solution to a problem. He decided... To announce to us that the Spirit of the Lord is upon him, and then he had been anointed to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. That is that the captives. What they need is deliverance. Amen. The brokenhearted. What they need is healing. They're blind, what they need is recovery of sight. Those that are bruised, what they need is liberty. But those that are poor, what he said they need is the gospel. Amen. That shows you many things. First of all, that poverty is spiritual. Then poverty is mental before it is physical. Amen. Amen. Did you hear me? It is firstly spiritual. Then it is mental before it is physical. If you don't approach it from that angle, you will never cure it. You know, people say, oh, um, we need to have um, uh, welfare programs around the world. You know, uh, poverty. They call it poverty alleviation. Those programs never cure poverty. Is there any country in the world that you know that another country is doing well for four and they've come out of poverty. No. 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 Any country that had crisis and came out, is not just because people gave them money. No, they did something on their own. Are you understanding me? So this scripture is telling us something about poverty. To preach the gospel. The gospel is a message. That means that you meet the poor, instead of giving him money, you say something to him. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. That that thing you are saying to him, which is the gospel in this sense, is the cure to why he's in that state. Poverty is a spiritual and mental disability. You know, prosperity is an ability, is an empowerment, is an enablement. Amen. How do we know prosperity is an empowerment? The scripture says so. You know scripture is like, Deuteronomy 8.18 Thou shall remember the Lord thy God, for it is He that giveth thee power. To get wealth. That means wealth requires power. Amen. Are you understanding me? It is he that giveth the power to get wealth. The getting of wealth requires power. There's an enablement that attracts wealth. If what I'm sharing with you, you don't understand it this way. You know. Um Mm. This power translated here, if, you read, if you're reading the um, Old Testament in the Septuagint, what do I mean? You know, Old Testament is written in Hebrew and the New Testament is written in Greek. But there is a, there are, there's a Greek translation of the Hebrew translation. Are you understanding me? it's called the Septuagint now if you were reading this Old Testament in Greek are you understanding me the word power there was dunamis amen are you understanding me the same power that you receive when the Holy Ghost comes upon you are you understanding me is the same power that's translated here How does God empower a man to get wealth? Praise the Lord. How does God empower you to get wealth? His power (laughs) is first upon an idea. Are you understanding me? It's upon an idea. First. First upon an idea. The ideas, you know, someone was talking about thoughts, you know, and um, they've done studies on thoughts, and nobody really can tell physically where where do thoughts come from, Amen. Where where do thoughts come from? Where do they come from? You know, you just say ehm, I thought of, you know, you just say they say ehm, I just thought of where do thoughts come from? So, um. Based on scripture and everything, people have agreed that thoughts are things. Amen. Are you understanding me? Just like a shirt, a car. Thoughts are actually things. They are just intangible. Alright? They are just unseen. But they are things. They are resources. Amen. I'll talk about that in the main service. They are resources. So, what God does, how, sorry, how God empowers you. One of the ways He empowers you to get wealth is by giving you a thought. An idea. Praise the Lord. That idea or thought has ability to reproduce. Amen. You know, a thought from God is like a physical seed are you understanding me? You know, a seed, what, what is the thing about, you know, when God created the earth and the heavens, the Bible said, um, He made the plants to grow out of the ground, and they had the herb-bearing seed in them. That means that it had seed to reproduce itself. So God doesn't always have to come and plant again. Are you understanding me? Because inside, the idea of seed is that the seed has life to reproduce, glory to God. Are we together? Now, so if you receive uh, a maize seed, if you keep it in your pocket, you will never know what it can do. But God's power is in that seed. When He created the world, He put His power in the seed to pr- reproduce life. Amen. But there are set, there are conditions that will make that life start producing. Are you understanding me? But there's power in that seed. So you can have that seed and keep it on your shelf. You can have that seed and carry it in your car around. But the moment it touches the ground and is planted, the life in that seed comes out. That seed is God that empowered it to give life. Amen. I'm using seed. That seed is physical. You can touch it. Now, your thoughts, the thoughts that come to you, are the ways that God plants the seeds of wealth and success in your mind. Amen. Am I communicating? So, God's first and primary way, He empowers you to get wealth is by giving you ideas. Have you ever thought of the fact that man was created in the image and likeness of God? Plants are living things. Animals are living things. But is something about man? Man is not just a speaking spirit. Are you understanding me? He's not just a speaking spirit. He is also a spirit with the ability to process a thought. Are you understanding me? To think. To amplify a thought. To convert thoughts. Into something physical. Are you understanding me? Man has that ability. In the book of Jeremiah 29 verse 11. We read scriptures. We will go to Isaiah 55 after that. Let me just show you something. This scripture is very simple. But it says, For I know the thoughts... That I think toward you. In case you didn't know God thinks. This scripture is making you understand. God thinks. Amen. Are you understanding me? Yeah. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Said the Lord. Thoughts of peace. And not of evil. To give you. Ha. That means that through his thoughts. He gives you something. Amen. To give you an expected end. That means without the thoughts, there will be no end that will come out. Are you understanding me? Listen to me. Your own expected end will also come from the thoughts that God has put in your hearts. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts of peace. Not of evil. To give you an expected end. If it was possible for you to have the expected end without God thinking, He won't think. Are you understanding me? That means thinking is part of the process. Amen. That generates wealth. Amen. Glory to God. We are going somewhere. Are we making progress? So thinking is part of the process that generates wealth. Now, this is why you have nations that might not be serving God but they understand thinking. Amen? And they are thinking. So, they will generate wealth more than a nation that knows God but is not thinking. Did you hear me? Because they are thinking. That means they are processing thoughts. Constantly processing thoughts. Continuously processing thoughts and learning how to think better. Acquiring skills that enable them to think better. So, I just came to show you this, that God thinks. Everybody say, God thinks. Okay, so you too should think. Amen. Now, there's a difference, you know, in English sometimes we use words in ways that um, could be confusing to us when the Bible talks about thinking it is different from worrying Amen the scripture never ever, ever has a problem about thinking the scripture has a problem about worry Amen Jesus actually said he said take no thoughts Amen about tomorrow. For tomorrow. What he was dealing with in that case was anxiety and worry and fear for tomorrow. Glory to God. I'll show you two scriptures that permit thinking. And endorse thinking. Or suggest that thinking is scriptural. Let's look at Isaiah 55. I'll start from there. Um, maybe I'll just start verse 8 or thereabouts. What uh, will be the safe place? So I won't read let me see 7, just see whether um, it will be best to start. Let's start here, 7. Isaiah 5, 7. I'll read 7 through to 9. Are you with me? Follow this. Sometimes I like reading the, the, the pretext, the scripture before the main scripture, because it gives a background. So it said, let the wicked forsake his way. Then he said, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. If thoughts don't have any effect on you, why would God say you should forsake it? Amen. If there are no consequences for thoughts, he won't tell you to forsake it. Say, no, no, thoughts, they don't mean anything, you can take anything you want to think? Say, no. Let the, let the wicked forsake his way. And then the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy op- upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. The first thing I want to show you here I, 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 why I came here, go back there. The first thing I'm showing you here is he said let him forsake his thoughts. Amen. Listen to me. You have to decide to forsake thoughts of poverty. Amen. You know what it means to forsake? is to leave it. It's to leave it. Let go. Abandon it, turn away from it. Amen. Poverty is an unrighteous thought. (laughs) Amen. Because poverty is a thought that is not in right standing with what Christ has done for you. The thoughts of poverty are thoughts of unrighteousness. All right. Verse eight. He now said, For my thoughts, who is talking? God. For my thoughts. If God says my leg, does it not mean that he has leg? If God says my eyes, does it not mean he has eyes? Amen. Now he said, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. That means God recognizes that man thinks. Amen. What he's concerned about is not that he's thinking, is what he's thinking. Amen. So God expects you to think. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Verse 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, God is establishing here that the thoughts are in different dimensions and levels. Amen. Amen. The higher your thoughts, the higher the life you will live. Your thinking regulates your living. So God was not worried that they were thinking, God was concerned about what they were thinking. Of course, he was talking to the Jews. Let's look at New Testament. Proverbs. Sorry, I said Proverbs. Philippians chapter 4. Um, I'll just go to verse 8 straight. Philippians 4, 8. So, I'll show you something about thoughts now. Here, this New Testament. Are you seeing New Testament? Let's read it together. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, what did he say? Think on these things! Help me tell someone, thinking is scriptural. Thinking is scriptural. It is what you are thinking that matters. Amen. So what the New Testament has helped us do is gone further to tell us what to think, how to see what we think. Think on these things. Think on these things. <laughs> if you read scriptures, you read about Matthew. Um, okay. You read about Joseph, you know, the the husband of Mary, the mother of Jesus. You'll be amazed, the Bible says, while he thought on these things. Are you understanding me? The angel appeared. Are you understanding me? That means they were thinking. They were thinking. Thinking did not start. It had been there. If you read even Isaac in Genesis, the Bible says he went out to meditate in the field. Amen. Are you understanding me? So the use of the mind didn't start today. What education does is to train the mind to think better. Glory to God. I understand, that's why education is important I did a, 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 a teaching once I believe it was in church here and I talked about um, I was talking about success I believe and I talked about the need for revelation I talked about the need for revelation and then I talked about the need for education hallelujah education Education helps your mind think. Because education helps you understand how the world around you functions. Amen. You know, whatever idea comes to your mind. It's in this world you are going to implement it. Amen. It's in this world you are going to implement it. So, education has a place. It has a major, major place. That's not my focus today. So, follow me. So, did you get that thinking? Amen. Did you get that alright now I said prosperity is spiritual and mental it's an empowerment a spiritual and mental then I say poverty is a disability spiritual and mental disability that's why if you take money cash And give to a man that has not dealt with poverty. It's just a moment of time. Just let time pass. The money will be finished. And he will return to where he used to be. That's why you never see a millionaire that became a millionaire through lottery. There's nobody like that. Amen. (laughs) But are people winning lottery? Yes. Go to all the bets. All the betting, people win from time to time. Once in a while, people win. You just go and ask. Has somebody won here before? Go across, go and ask. Go and be asking that someone won here. They will tell you somebody has won before. Oh, six months ago, one guy, he won uh, uh, two million dollars. Oh, one won eight hundred thousand. One boy like that, he just wants to so, so and, uh, Go and find where he is. Are you understanding me? Huh? Hardly. Hardly. Why? Because money, on its own, does not have the ability to change your mindset. Amen. No, it doesn't. Money actually doesn't change anything. It only amplifies what it meets. Amen. If money meets an idiot, you it becomes a big idiot. Amen. Glory <laughs> to no, God. If money meets whatever it meets, it makes it bigger. That's what it does. Somebody asked whether uh, say, money money is bad. And I said, No, money is neither bad nor good. It depends on who is handling it. It carries the character of the owner. Amen. Yeah. Money simply bears the character of who owns it. So if a wicked man has money, the money becomes wicked. If a good man has money, the money becomes good. Is this helping anybody? Should we continue? There are certain things that strengthen the poverty mindset, and there are certain things that will help cure the poverty mindset. You know, um, there's something. E.W. Kenyon E.W. Kenyon is a great man of God He wrote several books he wrote, and I'll encourage you to read it if you don't have it there's a little booklet called Signpost to the Road of Success or on the Road of Success Signposts on the Road of Success and they were just like um, more of quotes short, like anecdotes you know statements like that were made over a period of time they are compilation of his radio presentations when he was doing a radio program many years ago i love it because um, it's coming from the mind of a man that has been influenced by the scriptures hallelujah so it is motivation that's redemption-based. Amen. Are you with me? I, you've heard me make a statement I posted a long time ago, and um, I, I said it. I said motivation without redemption is idolatry. Amen. Are you with me? Did you hear that? Motivation without redemption is idolatry. You know that thing? Believe in yourself, believe in yourself. You can be whatever you want to be. No Jesus in it, nothing. You have become God. Are you understanding me? Is idolatry. But at the same time, redemption without motivation is religion. Amen. Redemption without motivation is religion. That means that if you hear redemption and it doesn't tell you what to now do because of what Christ has done for you, amen. Are you understanding me? Then all you got was religion. If you heard what Christ had done and then it didn't make you act, change what you are doing, then you got religion. So I say it again: motivation without redemption is idolatry. Redemption without motivation is religion. So, there are things that enable poverty. That, I, I, that's why I went back to mention Ew You know. You see, there's a story. I preached a message many years ago, maybe 19 or 20 years ago, and I had, not, I had not had the opportunity to have to repeat the message. I was teaching on, 2001, I was teaching on swearing like an eagle. And I was quoting from the book of Job. Alright? Talking about the ego. And using the ego to explain the life of the believer. And one of the things in my study, then, about the ego, I found out is how the ego trains her young. Alright? First and foremost, that when those little eaglets barely can even stand on their own. In that nest. One of the things the mother eagle does. She starts poking the nest. So the sharp edges. Sharp parts of the nest start coming out. So when the little eaglet. Tries to lie. It becomes uncomfortable. It's that discomfort that makes it attempt to move. Without that discomfort you will never move. Are you understanding me? Without that discomfort, it will never move. It will just sit in one place. The mother creates circumstances, are you understanding me, to make the ego uncomfortable, the eaglet uncomfortable. Then the eaglet starts attempting to move away from the discomfort. In that, it starts getting mobile. Are you understanding me? That's phase one. Phase two, after a while, the story has it that the mother, after a while, will carry the ego, the eaglet, and fly with it and let it go in the air. <laughs> and you see the eaglet dropping and suddenly bring because of to survive it will bring out its wings for the first time and try to fly. If the mother didn't do that, it will never fly. You know something? There are things that enable you that make you that you don't ever move from where you are, you don't ever attempt to fly. That's why you remain poor. Listen, there are certain things people do for you that you would think is help, but it's not help. It's not help. It is going to keep and sustain poverty mindset. I told someone, I said, I'll use myself for an example. There are certain things that happened to me. And I am grateful to God that it happened to me. A, a fellow was talking, you know, um, he's someone that teaches on, talks about entrepreneurship and money and all that is worth over $10 million, you know. So he was talking, and then he said something. He said, at the age of 21, um, you know, he had made his first thousands of dollars. He was, you know, as a young man, wow, wow. He was partying, enjoying himself, spending his money, buying flashy cars. Then he lost everything because he was overspending. Now, this happened to him maybe 20 years ago. He said, That's the best thing that ever happened to him. Are you understanding me? If he didn't have that sudden crash in his life, he would not have been where he was, where he is now. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, I'm not saying it's in a negative way, but I want to use it to explain something to you. I was talking about myself. You see, I grew up in a home where your parents can do everything for you. Are you understand what I'm saying? You know, they they can do everything for you. They they, they are there for you. You understand that? Oh, Oh, you need this, you need that, you need that, you need that. And there are a lot of people that grew up that way. That when now it might not be the case for everybody, but there are people that grew up that way and they've not done more than what their parents did. Are you understanding me? But the parents that are doing that for them didn't have that kind of privilege. Um, let me not mention uh, so you will know who I'm talking about, but there's someone that the person's father is a prominent person, prominent person. You know in this country so um he was celebrating his 30th birthday or so the the son so i was talking to him and i said your father let's assume his father is a president or is a governor he's not a governor but let's assume i said your father's father was not a governor before your father became a governor are you understand what i'm saying your father's father was not a governor before your father became a governor, are you with me? So, if your father could become a governor without his father being a governor, now that he's a governor, what should you be? Amen. Are you understanding? Now, you see a lot of folks that never exceed the success of their parents. You know why? Is that enablement? Are you understanding me? That enablement that makes them not never leave their comfort zone. Are you understanding me? If they have small problem, you see. Ah, oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, help me, help me, help me. I need four mouths, Amen. I need four mouths to explain this. Mouth number one. You see a child, all right? You see a child. He's six months old. Seven months old. Instead of sitting down, he stands and holds something. Eh? Hold something. Everybody watching. If every time a child tries to stand, you go going help him stand. He will never walk. Are you listening to me? He will never walk. But he will stand on his own. He will fall. Are you understanding? Next time when he stands, he knows that there's such a thing as falling. Are you understanding me? So... He will be more conscious of not falling. Sometimes he fall and learn how to get his balance and land on his bum. Are you understanding me? Uh huh. He's learning. After a while, he moves. That struggle, that struggle is what makes him walk. Are you understanding me? If every time he tries to stand up, they come and help him, they walk for him, he will never walk. Do you know that nobody? That is walking today. Went to a walking school. Amen, amen. Nobody went for walking classes. As a baby, say um, walking one on one. All right. And for a child to walk, you have to have the akimbo stand. Akimbo stand is when you stand like this. Is there any anywhere? <laughs> no. I, I believe strongly that God on purpose made it that the child should walk before he talks. The child should walk before he understands everything. If not, he might never walk because of too much explanation. No, no, someone say no, no that's how they used to work. That's not how they used to work. That's not how this walk. That's not how this walk. 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 By the time this one explains the child will just be confused. It is not what people are telling the child that makes the child walk. It's the desire in his heart. Are you understanding me? That that thing inside him that makes him stand up and walk. That's why some children walk at eight months, some walk at one year. Are you understanding me? That difference is the heart of the child. That's how prosperity is. Are you understanding me? It's that thing inside the child? You can't explain what you, you might not even see it in his eyes, but one day the child just stand up. Ah, what is he doing? You know? Just like that, it's inside. It's inside. It's innate. It. That's one illustration how a child works. When a child is in the womb, how the child forms without the help of any... The, the mother doesn't have to put a hand to help the child. Are you understanding me? Mean? That process is just going on. There's a struggle before the child is born. What I'm trying to explain to you is this. That there are certain struggles that if you dodge in your life, the outcome will never be the original thing that God intended. Amen. 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 That there are certain assistance and helps that come to you that are not actually helping you. They are actually further paralyzing your ability to generate wealth. So, I was using the illustration of how some of us grew up. And then, you know this thing, let me even touch something. You know this thing some parents do where a child wants to write Junior, do they still write that? Junior Wayek, they still write it? Okay. Wants to write Junior Wayek. The parents will go and pay teachers bribe to help the child pass. When it's time for him to write secondary school exam, they do the same thing. When it's time for university, they do the, you know what you are doing to the child? He will never learn how to get something by himself. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So, you see a child that is, he is now 25, he's now 30. There's nothing that he has that came from his labor. I'm going to talk about labor. His labor, nothing. So the day you remove all those support systems, the father that was doing that thing, the mother that was doing it, the uncle, they are all gone. He cannot do anything for himself. Amen? He can't do anything for himself. That's what overpampering does to a child. Amen? That's what it does. That's what it does. That's what it does. I share this story, you know, and uh, I was using my personal experience to explain, you know, what I was trying to communicate um, maybe I was in form 1 at the age of 11 or thereabouts you know so at that age um, I don't think I knew my way around my, my city I didn't know my way around the city but there were children that were at that age that knew their way around are you understanding me I didn't know my way. If you told me to go from my house I was boarding as a boarder in school to school, I didn't know my way. Praise God. I didn't know my way. But there's something body school did to me. Are you understanding me? Does that disconnect from your parents where you have to sort out your clothes. Spend your money by yourself. Are you understanding me? I don't know how they do boarding school these days. You know, these days I hear that the boarding school is not much different from being at home. Amen. That's not the aim of boarding school. Amen. Because part of what you are trying to help the child achieve is independence. Amen. Early dependent thinking. Independent thinking, sorry. You know. So, where they give you money. If you finish the money before the time the next money is coming, you know how you will cope. I This is the monopoly of life. You are, play, you are living it. It's not that you are playing a card now. That you are living the life. So they drop you in school, you go. You learn how to interact with people. You see that are not your brothers, they are not your sisters. You understand human politics. Are you understanding me? You understand? Human politics. How people think. Why people? People will be angry. Some are happy with you. Some are your friends. Some are not your friends. That staying in the house protects you from all of that you don't see. Do you know that some children that don't know that the world is a wicked world? They don't know. They think everybody is good. Because their daddy and mommy are good to them. Amen. But you go to a boarding house. Somebody will give you a head. Will, ah! Wicked boy. You understand that? You'll be laughing. (laughs) He's showing you how the world is. Are you understanding me? You know that everybody is not the same. Glory to God. So you now value friendship. You you, you understand that... (laughs) I don't know. There are certain things that nobody can sit down and teach you. Amen. Nobody can sit down and teach you. So, but in school, you know, you start learning certain things. You start learning about how to live for tomorrow. (laughs) Glory to God. (laughs) You understand me? Not just for the now, not for the now, not for the now. How to live with people. It's it's an invaluable lesson. You know, I, I don't know what words to use to describe what boarding school did for some of us. Amen. Okay? I don't know what else would have given me that experience in life. Amen. Because the way some of us grew up up to when I was in university my mom wanted to go and pay school fees for me. Are you understanding me? Where you are seeing people are paying school fees everybody there is a student. Are you understanding me? Because people came from different parts of the country. And they, they, then, your mother still wants to go and pay the school fee because she doesn't feel you can go through the stress of paying the school fees. That is over. Are you understanding me? That's a problem. Now, some of you, as I'm talking, maybe, you, I know where you're you thinking. As a, no, maybe I grew up. Ah. <laughs> It's me that's taking care of my mother when I was six years old. <laughs> you yes, understand that. Yes, that? She would say, we we'll never eat. Oh. i say, Mama, wait. I'm coming. <laughs> I'll go. I'll bring food for her. You know, That might be your experience. But, <laughs> but let me explain something to you. I'm talking about things that enable poverty. And I use the illustration of um, what the eagle does. You know, That's Some people came from that background. What it would have done to them was to make them, you call it street smarts. Are you understanding me? And all that, and all that, and all that. But some of them now find a way of surviving that might not allow them struggle to think again. Amen. You know, there are some people that have one uncle somewhere. That anytime they need money, they just go there. They cry small. They give them the money. Anything they have one serious issue, some people in, um, let me not go far. They are put in this church. Are you understanding me? They have somebody in church that last, last, as they say, it's in pigeon. That person is there for me. Now, every human being or humans, we go through phases of life. There could be crisis in your life, situation that you need assistance. That's different. But, if you don't learn how to become independent of such I call them crutches of life. I would say crutches. If you don't learn how to be independent of such crutches, you've not dealt with the poverty mindset. Amen. Because, with or without knowing, you have what we call entitlement mentality. When you feel that the man or the woman or your friend, he has, he's supposed to give you. Are you understanding me? You know, he's supposed to give you. A, a, you know, people have come to me as pastor to report their elder brother. So what happened? <laughs> my brother, wicked man, my brother. Hmm, you know, he has not picked my call this month. Then what happened? He said, hey, he has not pick my call. He has money. He has money. I'm here. I'm suffering. Okay. So what's the problem? Hey, he doesn't want. To, he doesn't want to give me his money. And he <laughs> still saying his money. Are you asking? Who has the money? Say, <laughs> so, hey, is this money? It is this money? He's not supposed to share it. The question I always ask them is, why don't you have the one you are sharing? Amen. Are you understanding me? Why do you want to share someone's own? Why don't you have the one you you are sharing? That's poverty. One of the things, the greatest challenges when someone has poverty mentality is entitlement. We call it entitlement. Entitlement means that you feel that you have a right to anything good that belongs to another person because you don't have. The person should understand. Amen. Amen. You know, some students have entitlement mentality. Yeah? For example, a rich man comes into university campus. They say, we are students, so drop something for us. Are you understanding me? Are you getting me? Is it me that sent you to school? Are you understanding what I didn't send you to school. What's my business? It's entitlement. Entitlement breeds on the soil of poverty. As long as there's poverty, there'll be entitlements. There'll be entitlements. There'll be entitlements. You see someone, you know, it, 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 it could be your friend. <laughs> a, um, a friend quarrelled with another friend. they will be friends. They grew up together. One and had a fantastic job. Fantastic job. You know that kind of, you know, you know. There are some jobs that are like, man. You understand know, that? Just like somebody that maybe was just in life then from something like no job to five hundred thousand naira a month. Are you understanding me? That kind of change of level. You know? So his friend like wow, wow. You know, maybe even helped him around to run around to feel form to settle down in the job. Then he starts the job. With or without knowing. I don't know whether the other friend feels that he's supposed to live in the same house. Are you sharing work with him? Amen. So, I heard they were not talking to each other. The rich one came to see me. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know. And then um, he came to see me. He actually came to suicide. So, he was now saying to me, he was thanking me for certain things and all that. Then he said, he's having a problem with the other fellow, that the fellow keeps behaving like he's the one that made him to be the way he is. Now, if that. Other one hears this one talking. He will say, you see how he's talking? Money is making him talk like that. But the truth is that if you two were there, it's the same thing you will do. It's the same thing you will say. Amen. But entitlement will blind you. And you'll be doing, we we'll call it a looter. You'll be doing a looter for someone else's money. Oh, we are saying, Give me your money. Are you understanding me? Another person's money. You'll be doing a loot of another person's money. That is what happens. That's entitlement. It's poverty that breeds it. That's why I told you. When people start hacking churches and hacking pastors, especially pastors that might be financially blessed, it's entitlement mentality. Amen. Yes. The church is not the government. Amen. It's not the government. So, a makes someone say, eh. say, ah, hey, see this road is bad, though, and this church is here, they will not do the road. <laughs> and then someone say, eh, eh, hey. is not what I'll say. entitlement. It blinds you. That your reasoning will always be that you are a victim. Are you understanding me? And so, the victor should help the victim. Are you understanding me? That's what it does to you. You always feel that way. You always line up with the masses. Are you seeing what's happening to all of us in this country? They Don't want to help us. That's poverty. Glory to God. That's poverty. So, what happens most of the time? And I tell young people a lot. I say, see, why I was quoting E.W.K. You were mentioning him was that E.W.K. says something. He said, don't depend on your friend's car Buy your own. You know, I don't know how to put it. He was saying, you know, there are some powerful things he was saying. I, unders- I could relate with what he was talking about. Now, some of you, you, you know, another the, problem is this. Is that sometimes you hear the right thing, you apply it the wrong way what you are saying now is not that you have a friend that has a car you should quarrel with him that's not what we are saying that's not what we are saying that's not what we are saying no that's not what we are saying get the point get the point rejoice for any good thing happening to anybody around you but listen to me don't um, don't ever 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 assume that because you are around the good thing when it happens to someone that you are entitled to that good thing as the person that owns it amen Do you know what the Bible calls it? Covetousness. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Amen. Yeah, that's covetousness. It's not your own. It's not your own. If it's not your own, it's not your own. Even if the person is generous to you, he's generous with his own to you. Praise God. So, I tell young people a lot. I say, you know, there's some young people that... Maybe able, you, you have someone that gives you clothes to wear. Or you have someone that accommodates you. You don't pay. Or you have someone that um, and you eat from them. Or you use their car. Or you use something. or Maybe it's a laptop. Maybe it's a phone. Whatever it is. See, there's a way that will help you. Uh, the, um... Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Don't allow people to enable your weakness. Amen. Are you understanding me? To enable your weakness. There's something That someone might be trying to help you, but is actually enabling your weakness. Now, you see. Let me use the scenario of someone you're living with someone. You're you're a young person, another young person has a house, and then he says, "Oh, come and stay with me. Come and stay with me." That they say, "Come and stay with me," does not mean that you should shy away from every responsibility that has to do with the house. Are you understand what I'm saying? The person is young like you. I'm not talking about your uncle Seth or someone. I'm talking about a young person. You see that the person is struggling. Are you understanding me? He 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 struggled or she struggled to pay the house rent, and then you are accommodated for free. Take up a responsibility. You know what you're doing to yourself. You are not allowing that enablement to weaken you. It's for a time being. You are just hibernating. Soon. You will bloom. Are you understanding me? So, but you have to recognize that you have to take a responsibility. You can say, "Okay, um, I'll be paying the Nepal bill. I'll pay the power bill. I'll pay for this. I'll do so, so, and so," so that that thing you are doing is preparing you for your own house. Glory to God. Amen. I don't even know how we got here, but you see a lot of young people. They they think. They are smarting the other person <laughs> i'm not paying for anything you know, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you, <understand that? laughs> you know even when they're paying for something, you're looking for a way to dodge it. you see that they're going to collect money, you don 't come that night. Are you understanding me how you use your hand to paralyze your future? I am correcting something and I'm also showing you things that Strengthen the poverty mindset. So that idea that you have, that you are living there for free, you are not spending any money, you are not adding any value, nothing, 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 nothing. You know what has happened? You will stay in that house for one year. Or you stay in that house for two years. When you come up from there, you are not different from how you were before you entered the house. Amen. But the person that started taking care of you has learned how to take care of one person. After that, he will take care of two people. After that, he will take care of three people. But you never, ever improved. You are even poorer now than you were before you entered that house. You are more disabled than you were before you entered that house. This message, eh? go and sit down, listen to it again and again, pray, cry, until your destiny changes. Listen to me, these things, I discovered that some of these people in this generation, they were not taught these things. So, the poverty mindset is not dealt with. Every day you come to church, you're confessing, ha, I'm a billionaire, I'm a billionaire. Then you go home, you cannot pay one thing in that house. No. It is those discomforts, uncomfortable circumstances that bring out the, ah, you know, there's, I, I lack words to express that thing that makes a man strive for more. Amen. So, oh, some of you, um, every every day, you know, uh, somebody use someone to make call. Uh, use also to make fo- call. Set a target for yourself. Amen. Okay, by this time, by this time, I was talking to a young man. I said, "See, when it comes to food, clothing, and shelter, if it is not important to you, to set targets for yourself." You'll be amazed. You'll be sixty years old. You still not conquered food, clothing, and shelter. Conquering food, sh- uh, clothing, and shelter is not automatic. <laughs> Amen. No, it's not. It's not automatic. And those are basics, 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 basics. Even dogs that have no owner, they've conquered food and clothing and shelter. They have no owner, but they know where they, they, they sleep every night. They find somewhere to sleep. They eat. They sleep. They sleep. They sleep. You know what I mean? That dog is street smart. It's smarter than you. Are you listening to me? Yeah. So, listen. Take, take, take. Um, what I call reliefs that come to you, but use them as platforms. Never to be back in that place. Are you as what I'm saying? So, let's suppose now, suddenly, you, didn't, you don't have any clothes to put on. Then someone comes to you and says, Hey, see, this, my wardrobe is your wardrobe. We are brethren. Anything you want to wear, wear. Just, maybe the night before, tell me which one you wear, so I won't wear what you want to wear. All right? It's a testimonial. Praise the Lord. Wow. Yesterday, I got a breakthrough. You understand that? Someone gave me their wardrobe. Anything I want to wear, I can wear. Amen. For how long? Wisdom is what will now guide you to say, Hey, this is May. By September 1st, I should have stopped wearing these clothes. I will buy a shirt and a trouser every month. That by September, even if I have three or four, I won't be wearing that person's phone again. But this one I'm wearing, I will be buying the soap to wash it. Hello? You know what you are doing? You are taking responsibility. You are not allowing entitlements to hinder you. Such a, you are even saying a you, you, the person's clothing or shirt, you wore it, came back, then the person not in a good mood. You say, Is it because of your shirt now? If it's like I tell you, let me not wear the shirt again. <laughs> you understand that? You, have, you know, um, there's a word we use in uh, pidgin English um, where you are trying to oppress the person, like you're opening your eyes. Are you understanding me? For the, person, for the person's own thing. It's entitlement that makes you talk like that. The person will say, no, 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 it's not like that. I, you know, I had a hard day at the office. I said, Okay, because it was like that, just tell me, let me stop here. You understand that? Glory to God. Never look for ways to take more from people and not have any way you add value to them. Amen? Never. A young girl was living somewhere with a couple and um, she was complaining about certain things. And I said, They don't owe you that accommodation. So, wh- what do you do for them? What do you do for them? How do you show appreciation? That's even another thing. How do you show appreciation? You preparing for your own home? You're not even seeing the big picture of what is happening to you. I've not even been able to enter the scripture I'm supposed to enter. Amen. Glory to God. So but is this helping anybody? Yeah, so I'm talking about things that enable poverty. A support system. Rather than use it as a launch pad, you start taking advantage of that support system and living finally as like that's how it's supposed to always be. No. I could give several other illustrations and examples just to further strengthen the point. There are people that are always looking for someone to give them phone. <laughs> when you stop using this phone, give me. When you buy a new phone, remember me. You who will you remember when you buy a new phone? Amen. Amen. The phones they are making—did they say you should not buy? Did anybody say you shouldn't buy? You, you know, it's different when you tell someone that. Ah, would you like to sell your phone? I would like to buy it. It's different. I say, no. So, uh, if you're going to give that fo- um, if you buy a new phone, remember to give me that one. Then the person I say, okay, no problem. Uh, then you say, oh, I've got a new phone. I've got a new phone. You would ask about my old phone. Yeah. Okay, I bought it 32,000, but if you bring 16 or 15K, okay, you. want to sell it? What? You? <laughs> you know that thing that's coming up? Is that entitlement thing I'm talking about? You understand that? You want to sell it? Do you know that they now give you the phone to prove to you how you are thinking? They now give you the phone. Say, don't worry, take. Then someone comes to meet you and says, Will you sell that phone? You say, ah, last twenty-five thousand. Or the, the phone, the price is thirty-two. But you understand? If for you, I will give it for twenty-five thousand. But they offered you eighteen. You were shouting. You don't feel anyhow telling someone twenty-five. You know, see, entitlement is manifestation of selfishness. That's what it is. Amen. Are you hearing me? That's what it is. It's manifestation of selfishness. I want to touch another one. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I I just sense that this is helping somebody. Amen. You know, there are people that are very good at using other people's things. Very good at it. Let me give an illustration. Let's use a phone. You are making a call. You, You make a call every day. It's an important call to you. You make it every day. You're supposed to inform somebody about something. So, here you are with your own phone. Hello? Yeah. No, they've not brought it. Um, they will bring by social so time. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> you caught the call. Thirty four seconds. Thank God. Then you have someone. You don't have credits, as you, uh, we call it credits. Yeah, you don't have credits. No way to call. Then someone else says, okay. Uh, you can use my phone. How many times will you call today? Maybe three or four times. Okay. You can use my phone anytime you want to make the call. You pick the other person's phone. Hello? How are you doing? You know, the other day there something I want to tell you. just that I did not have enough credit to tell you. You know. So, now wow. Laugh, let me hear now. Laugh, let me hear. <laughs> Your laughter is making my laughter to laugh too. You know. After talking for three minutes, you have not said what you called for. Eh, it's not my phone I'm using. My friend gave me his phone to use. You know, be talking. No, no problem. He has credit. Are you are you are you understand what I'm saying? Now, it's someone else's own, and you are just using it. If someone did the same to you, you'll be offended. His entitlement. He has credit. I don't have. Amen. Are you understanding me? He has. I don't have. That somebody has doesn't mean you have the right to waste it. Amen. Are you with me? That somebody has does not mean you, that they gave the privilege of using it, has the right to waste it. He said, but when he's making call, he used to just talk. He's his own. <laughs> Amen. He's his own. Glory to God. He's his own. You know, when I was uh, um, younger, you know, 16, I started trying to play around with the car by the age of maybe 13 or thereabouts. My father's car, of course. So, By the time I was 16, my dad refused to teach me to drive, which is a mistake I won't make for my own children. Amen. You know. And then I decided to drive by myself. Amen. So, there are times where I will use the car and then it will be scratched. Are you understanding me? The time I was coming back and I drove into the hedge by, in the house there. And then the car, you know, the lining on the car went off. Although I tried to fix it, but of course, it wasn't the same way it was. To me, it's a small thing. Are you asking me? I was 16. After all, there are times where he had had someone bash his lights. Are you asking me? Nothing happened. Fast forward. I'm in my 20s. I'm on my own. I get my first car. Then I give it to a friend. He went out and came back and something was crashed. I was so angry. And you're telling me, Ah, what happened to this car now? You know? No, 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 no. It was just so, so, so. As I was talking, and I remember that that's how I used to feel. Are you understanding me? <laughs> when it was not my own, it was a small thing. But now it's my own. It's not a small thing. Ah, do you know how much I'm going to spend? Are you understanding me? But you see, I'm saying it for a reason. Owning you cannot have value for something if you've never really owned it. Amen. 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 Are we together? So that's why it's easy for you to say, eh, eh, is it just because the phone fell down now? Is it your phone? Is it your own? Did you buy it? Glory to God. There are things that enable the poverty mindset. And that's what I'm talking about. And then, as long as you still allow yourself in that way, you will not improve. You are growing by age. You are growing by exposure. You might even be going up in life, but you've not still dealt with the poverty mindset. It's poverty mindset that makes that even someone in the office, you have a printer because it's not your own. Amen. You make a mistake, 500 re- um, sheets of paper in the ream, 60 of them. Uh, ah throw it away, throw it away, throw it away. If it was you, the one in your house, you bought it six months ago, the paper, 500 the paper was with you before you bought the ink. It has not finished. The ink you bought, they have stopped selling the ink because the time you bought the ink, you have not finished using it. When you want to print something, you will check. Say reduce the color on the system. Reduce the color on the system. Reduce the color on this system, the system. Reduce the color. Reduce the color now. And there is one part in the in the on the computer where you can fade what you want to print. You know those ones. You don't do it in the office. Are you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Those kind of things are manifestations of what I'm talking about. Amen. So you begin to wonder why you know there, there is ah thank you Lord Jesus I will, I will hold myself for the scripture in the second part amen let me stay on this part glory to God lift your right hand I say I refuse to function with an entitlement mindset. Henceforth, I appreciate value even in someone else's life. In Jesus name. Amen. someone always comes to pick you with their car, you've never thought of fueling it. Amen. Never thought of fueling it. It doesn't even cross your mind. You know, there are times where you have, in life, some of your friends might Achieve certain things before some of some of you, or some of you might achieve before some. Of, I just say it happens like that, okay? You could be have a friend that got a job. Two of you finished school. He got a job first, all right? Or you got married first. You know, it happens like that. Now, you know, sometimes people don't know how to relate with such things. They don't know how to relate with such things. You have to have a proper way of relating with such things. And when there is a poverty mindset, that's where you start having issues where there's conflict because your friend seemingly is doing well or looks like he's doing better. And it won't take long for you to start developing a complex. You start reading meanings to things that don't mean anything. Amen. So you see, your friend now is working. The first week he's there working. He didn't call you in the afternoon. Then you see him on Saturday. He comes and ah, man, walk. we say, ah, I don't, eh, not here again. you still working. Every day, walk, walk, walk. walk. Talk another thing. What will they it talk again? It's not work. <laughs> are you understanding me? Hello? They say, uh, that's why he did not call me throughout this week. Monday to Friday, he did not call me. He said, no now. We don't even take our phone into the place. You are not even thinking. Hallelujah. But when there is a prosperity mindset, you won't be giving an excuse for the person. Amen. Amen. You know there are people that, there are friends that we have. You know, that some people or even relatives that might feel that. And I I know why some people think that way. They just feel like, you're feeling like, "Uh he's feeling like a big man. Are you understanding me? No, I'm a big man. I'm not feeling like a big man. I'm a big man. Are you understanding me? So it might offend you, but I'm offering that. That's, you see, what makes me a big man is I have big responsibility. Are you understanding me? It's not money, it's I have big responsibility. So my responsibility has changed and altered my lifestyle. Am I communicating? It has altered my lifestyle. So he said, Oh, um, 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 I just, I just um, want to come and see you. Let's just gist. So I said, ah, well, Is there any problem? He said, No. Uh, is there anything? Say, why am I asking that question? I want to know where to place the visit. Whether it will be on a Saturday or it will be on a Monday. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You say, no, no, okay, it's about so Okay, you can come on Tuesday. Uh, It's about, I want to find out whether you are interested in buying. There's a land. Uh, Come on Monday. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Come on Monday. Come on Monday. Are you understanding me? Say, "Uh, no, not, you know. I don't want to talk about what we did. when we were in just two. (laughs) Okay, come on Saturday. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Okay, so, if somebody... Relating with you is also a, that has the right mindset. He understands. Are you understanding me? He understands. He's not offended. Okay, you went to the same school with the governor of River State. He's now governor. Before, he was governor. Maybe both of you used to go somewhere. Now he's governor. He cannot go there again. Will he carry his sirene? Are you understanding me? And go, are you understanding me? No. His movement is not just is not personal anymore. Anywhere he goes now has to be in the news. You have to respect that. Am I communicating? Do you know what makes it easy for you to respect it? Because it will happen to you too soon. Amen. But why you are fighting is that you will never be there. <laughs> are you understanding me? That's why you are fighting it. That's poverty mindset. But if you know that, you... You will, you will stay that you have the same experience. You are not worried. Are you understanding me? You are not worried. You are not quarreling You are not fighting it. That is how life is supposed to be. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. There are certain things that come. They just come with level of life. Phase of life. Amen. Phase of life. Let's use a lady for an example. You see a lady, she's still quite young, and then she just walks like this. That's how she walks. Then someone gives her high heels. Once she wears high heels, her walk will change. Even if she wants to walk like this, she will change now. Are you understanding me? It will change. Then you say, what is she feeling like? It's not feeling like. It's this shoe. Are you understanding me? Eh? Are you understanding me? The, the work comes with this shoe. <laughs> you cannot now be offended. Are you understanding what I'm What's she feeling like? It's not feeling. If you wear this shoe, you will walk like that. Or you see a lady doing like this? They are not acting film. No, no, no. Are you understanding me? It's, it's. Are you getting what I'm saying? You know, yeah. It's not, it's not a movie. Some brothers say, "What's mean of that?" If we wear you, weak brother, you will do the same thing. You will do the same thing. <laughs> you would just be doing like this. <laughs> Amen. Take time to take the hair off your eyes, off your face. Are you understanding me? Yeah. So, you have to understand why they are reacting that way. And accept that it comes with the territory. Amen? <laughs> so, when someone says, I don't have time, these are, So, it comes with the territory. Amen? It comes with the territory. Prosperity is more of an internal setting than an outward Experience is more of an internal setting. It's a setting inside you. I don't know if you understand me. It's a setting inside you. It's a way of thinking. It's a culture. It's also an ability. So, it means that it can be developed. You think, (laughs) you know, if you hang out with wealthy people and with an open mind... The reason why you become wealthy is not because they gave you money. No. It's because you start thinking like them. Amen. The way they see the world is different from how others see it. You know, there are certain things that... You know, it's just like a soldier in the army. The way a soldier is trained, there's a way he sees... Killing somebody. Are you understanding <laughs> me? It's different from how you see it. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's different from how you see it. If a so- soldier at war shoots someone, he's doing the right thing. Are you understanding me? Are you getting me? But for you that is not a soldier, Like, how can it be the right thing? How can it be the right thing? You know? How? How, how could it be the right thing? It shows you that his view and the way he's trained is different from how you see things. Now, in the same way, prosperity is a view. Amen. It's a view. It's a view on everything. It's a view not just on money. It's a view on life itself. The values held by the wealthy are different from the values that the poverty mindset carries. When I was still a bachelor. I had a neighbor. He was married. I've seen the children. They are, are finished investing now. <laughs> you know. And um, they've been here. They were children at that time. Kids. So, their father was a lecturer. And um, I was single, so sometimes you see some brothers that are in the house with me. They come around, you know. One or two of them were staying with me. So, on Saturday or something, the um, Malam, we call them Malams, you know, those guys that go around polishing shoes, you know, will come around sometimes early on Sunday morning. And then we'll call them uh, to polish our shoes, you know, so they're polishing my shoe, you know, like that, like that. So, this, my neighbor, is very. He was older than we. He was already married, so he was very concerned about us. So from time to time, he calls us, talks to us. So one day he said, "Pastor, you know, why why do you always call a malam to polish your shoe? Are you understanding me? Why do you always call a malam to polish your shoe? That you pay him. I forgot how much now. I don't know what they pay now. Is it five naira? I don't. You know, you pay him such some amount of money. That if you buy the polish and." The brush. You can be polishing it by yourself. You know, you don't need Ah, uh, You are still, you know, young. So, one day, he bought polish for me. And bought brush. And brought to the house. Not black, brown. You know that kind of black, brown. They have this kiwi. You know. And the brush. And the other one. He gave it to me. Ah, we were grateful. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much. We took it in. After some days, he saw a mala. But I gave him the polish to polish my shoe for me. Now, he couldn't understand what it was until I explained to him. I said, sir, the money I'm spending is not as important as the time. That time I'm polishing my shoe, I'm meditating on one scripture. You see, for me, this Nara is not my issue. It's my time that is my issue. Are you understanding me? So, the things I'm paying for, I'm paying for them to buy my time. Amen. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's the mindset. Oh, 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 oh. Maybe for the kind of life you are called to live, you can afford... To sit down, and maybe it's recreation for you. Are you understanding me? Okay, and I'm not, I'm not fighting that. You know, not same thing for everybody. But for me, (laughs) my time is important. Glory to God. Am I communicating? Mindset. 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 Glory to God. So, I receive lights. I receive understanding. I receive lights. I receive understanding. Glory to God. So, it's a mindset. It's a way you see things. There's a way I see time. That's the way you will see people. Glory to God. It also changes how you see experience, opportunities, how you see the opportunities. We were in university and we went for industrial training. I'm just talking about mindsets, alright? I'm explaining the prosperity mindset, poverty mindsets. And if you just came in now, make sure you get the message with We've, we've finished actually amen <laughs> amen he came when we' are finished amen all right so this I'm just reading the credits amen <laughs> you know when the movie is over the names are going on but the music is still playing that's where you met all right so industrial training all of us came from different schools and were' working then we have, It was a six-month training, so we're to end on the sixth month. And, uh, I, and I heard... Okay, let me say it this way first. I was thinking about my boss. I was thinking about my boss and what I was going to do for him now that I was going to leave this place. So... As the months were going, three months, four months, that's what I was thinking of. So I was putting myself together. I'm going to buy him this. I, I've gotten this one. I'm going to get him this. I'm going to get him this. And I was just thinking of things I would get for him. So, just about the time we were to leave, I now saw some students that were doing IT. They were talking among themselves. And the discussion came to me. I hardly get to be around them. you know. So, But when we met, they said, Ah, you know, we'll soon go. Uh uh-huh. So, um, we are organizing how we're gonna be seeing all the people, all the some of them move from different departments, you know, all the places, so that to we'll see what they have for us. That never crossed my mind. <laughs> are you understanding me? Eh? I don't understand. You say eh? Ah, we're going to go to uh, the store. We're going to go to all um, the things. We're going to go to uh, power plants. We're going to go here. We're going to go here. This da, da, da. make sure that the. the Uh, the final something before we go. So we started. If I didn't even hear that, it would not have occurred to me that someone was thinking like that. Amen. It would not have occurred to me that someone was thinking like that. Praise the Lord. So, about the week I was to go, I packaged my gifts, met my boss. Thank you so much. It was a great thing working with you. This, that, da, da, da. and I gave him what I could. He was just surprised. When I was doing my IT, my father was working in the firm. Are you understanding me? My father will see me driving official car in the premises. <laughs> I just, not his car. I mean, official car in the premises. Like, Who gave you official car? Because my boss gave me his car. And how I won his respect was simple. Oh, they assign, they assign, they say, oh, chemical engineer, go this way, this one, that one. The guy is a very smart guy. So, I was assigned to work with him. I said, I want to write on social and so, you know, I'd, I would like you to assist me with the documents, I would, um, the drawings I would need for. So he said, no problem, when it's time, I'll get across to you. He had a different mindset, I had a different mindset. But what brought us, I don't know what word to use. He said, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. wonderful. So one day he called me and said, uh-huh. so why are your friends not coming to our office? I didn't understand what he was talking about. He said, you be bring your friends to the office. I said, I don't really have friends like that, or, you know. I, uh, some of them, he said, I don't know people from your school? I said, There are. So he just went straight to the point. He said, Those girls in your school, be bringing them to the office. He said, I saw you with one girl. The girl was actually, she won. Uh, she was Miss Uniport at that time. So she was, in, so he said, I said, be bringing her here now. <laughs> I said, sir, he's like, did he not tell you that I'm a pastor? He said, eh. <laughs> so, that, I just, that's how I just told him. You know, he was just quiet for a while. He said, okay, sorry. Uh, you know? We went about the, the, this thing. I couldn't go on to say other things that happened in the office, but, you know, many things happened. But at the end of the day, he saw that I was different. Praise God. And I was responsible. And I certain things he could hand over to me, certain things he could leave for me. You know. Different from the experiences other people were having. Amen. Listen, if you work on changing your mindset, your natural circumstances, financial circumstances, will align to the new mindset inside you. Amen. Yeah. What makes someone steal? What makes someone steal? simple. You don't think you can get that money any other way. Praise God. No, you don't think you can get that money any other way. You can't imagine any other way you get money. That's why. What makes you do things that violate your conscience just to get money? Is the poverty mindset? Glory to God. So he sometimes you say, hey, "Amen, I am rich. You can be mountain it." But if something, the images inside you have not changed, forget it, you're just talking. Amen. You're just talking. And listen to me. Why i am addressing this today? No. The talk should just... Don't stop, don't stop at talking. No. Change how you see things. How you see money. I tell people, before we won't start talking about oh, giving, know, that one is, one, that one, that one is uh, kilometers away. Are you asking me? <laughs> you're you telling somebody that, has a poverty mindset to give. You want to kill him? Amen. He doesn't understand what you are talking about. First of all, do you know what giving means? Do you know what giving means? Giving means you have. Amen. You have to have something to give it. So, if God says, give, He's saying, you have. Amen. Glory to God. So, for someone to be a giver, he has to first accept that he has. Am I communicating? He has to accept that he has. I have. If I tell you, um... Go and bring your slippers. And you stand up and you start going. It means you have the slippers. Go and bring your Ferrari. You say, <laughs> Pastor, from where? Are you telling me? Why are you, saying, why, why are you not moving? You are not even moving because I don't have a Ferrari. Amen. I don't have a Ferrari. I say, go and bring your slippers. And uh, mm, should I go home? Should I go to my office? That means you have more than one sleeper. <laughs> You're <understanding> me? <laughs> Glory to God. Am I communicating? So that means in your mind, you have it. It's not here, but you have it. Glory to God. You have it. So the moment I mentioned it, you responded like someone that has it. That has the slippers But when I said, go and bring your Ferrari, you responded like someone that. Are you sure it's me you're talking about? Who? (laughs) That means that inside of you, there's no Ferrari. Amen. (laughs) Are you understanding me? You don't have it. You don't have it. So, let me explain it this other way. That's why if someone's always fighting with giving, what is showing that in the mindset, you don't have it? Amen. Amen. That's, that's it. We'll talk about money, business, and all that, and all that. It's come in, in the talk. You know, because in the second part, I'm going to be talking to you about how to multiply your resources. You know, but I just want to say this to you. This matter, the Lord will help us. I don't know how long it will take me. But when we are done, the men will be separated from the boys. Amen. Amen. Yes. Because I love the fact that I've had some testimonies, personal testimonies some people have shared with me about some things that have happened in their finances in the last four months or in the last six months or thereabouts. You know, oh pastor when you said this, when you said that, some talked about order in finances and all that. Uh, we've just been trying to scratch the surface, you know, but it's so strong on my heart to say, Hey, the last time I was two thousand and three thirteen or I can't remember what year it was, I did a series on faith for finances, you know. After that I've not really done a major deep talk along those lines. Because I felt that it was not a major it was not at least it's not an issue for us. But my brother i'm convinced there is an issue amen. amen amen i am convinced there's an issue with what had happened in nigeria what had happened in elections where brothers you know are running with ballot box what how much would they give you amen you know it's poverty amen if you have to dehumanize yourself to get money is a poverty mindset There's a difference between labor and dehumanizing yourself. There's a difference between working hard and dehumanizing yourself. There are two different things. Are you understanding me? I didn't say work. I said dehumanize yourself! So that they will give you money. It's a poverty mindset. Glory to God. I'll have to end here. I'll be back shortly. Amen. And I'm going to be talking about Multiplying your resources. Yes. Amen. Was this helpful to anyone? Yes. All right. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faith 2 org or call us on 234 806 361 3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded.